As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Today's episode of Front and Nationwide is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, Stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Hello and welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletic Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Fortson with you here on a gray winter day, Columbus, Ohio, 32 degrees. Allison, paint for us your picture, if you will. (laughs) Well, I I did have to put my sunglasses on to to record this, and I I apologize for the background noise of of the palm trees uh, and maybe a boat that might go by, but, you know, it it is what it is. It's, It's a pain, and I apologize for that, but it is break. And so we all deserve a little break. You almost smell the sunscreen. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Well, the Blue Jackets are on their break as well. They're in a place probably similar to yours. Very few, very few of them stuck around 
here, although they should be coming back into town. Blue Jackets back on the ice Thursday for practice, Thursday afternoon, 3 p.m. Uh, and then they return to action on the ice uh, in a game that counts Saturday in Buffalo, an afternoon game. Um, still news to report, the Blue Jackets on Monday announced the signing of Eric Robinson. A two-year contract extension. He'll make 975 next year and the year after. Um, it is a one-way deal, so he will get that money no matter if he is in Cleveland or if he is in Columbus. Uh, but certainly a, a deal when it's signed like that, the assumption is that he is going to be a Blue Jackets regular. Uh, Allison, thoughts on this deal? This is an emerging player who I think has really taken some big steps this year. Yeah, I, I like the signing. It's, it's a good price point. We've talked about how uh, this Blue Jackets team, since they've lost draft picks, they have to supplement the prospect pipeline in other ways. And Eric Robinson is one example of that, signed out of college as a free agent. Um, and I think he's performed well. I think his game is coming. Um, I think back to Nick Foligno's comments that this is a player who's learning how to use his speed and not just fly around everywhere and, and, and figure out what's happening. Um, you know, so I, you've mentioned this. I don't know that he is. In fact, the next Josh Anderson, I think he shows similar traits. Um, but my goodness gracious, if you have a Josh Anderson and an Eric Robinson on your team, what what a luxury that would be. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know that Robinson's ever going to be as physical as Anderson can be. Um, I don't know that his frame is going to be quite as hulking as, as Anderson. And this is not in any way a critique of, of Robinson. He's got his own special skill set. But I think he's he might be the fastest skater on the team. Do you agree with that, Allison? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see – I think he's the fastest tie end or a full-speed skater. I don't know who the fastest zero to 60 is. Atkinson might get him a little bit there, but yeah. I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, the Anderson thing, I, I, you hear it a lot. I think there's, there's similar height. I don't know that Robinson's ever going to have that hulking frame and be quite the, the – um, the ramrod that, that Anderson can be when, when he's really ripping and racing. But I just, I see this kid as a plus third line or a second line player in the, in the right setting. I think to your point, he's learning how to use the speed. I think there's still a surprise element to defensemen around the league when they see this kid coming at them and they go, Oh wow. He just downshifted. I didn't know he had another gear. And he just went around me. He still does that about once a week. He goes around somebody. Um, the word's going to get out quickly on that, so we'll have to find another way. But but that speed does not does not go away, and it's going to do him a lot of benefits in the league. Absolutely, and yeah, I think that it's going to be uh, uh, interesting to watch that when when teams have his number. Uh, we saw Pierre Luc Dubois have to adjust to it, um, and and I do think he's going to have to round out his game. I mean, again, not that he is a Josh Anderson uh, duplicate, but, you know, right. Anderson also brings that agitator personality to his play. He brings really, really important special teams play to his game. So sure. uh, we're going to have to see Robinson continue to evolve to hold down a place, um, but there's no signs that he can't. Um, I just think, he, again, he is going to be a different type player than Josh Anderson. And, and not, that's not a bad thing, but it's nope. just not, it's not, it's not, a one-for-one one here. <laughs> yeah, right. He deserves to be him, himself, you might say. Um, it's funny we're mentioning Josh Anderson because we had a piece uh, Monday morning just about the sticky situation that his contract 
um, has sort of set up for both sides. You remember the spat they had uh, three years ago uh, when Anderson was an RFA and the bridge deal was becoming uh, such an issue in the league. His agent, Darren Ferris, is sort of at the forefront of fighting for more for those players uh, on their bridge deals. I don't think he got it with Josh Anderson. I think there's still some resentment there, although both sides say that, that they are that they have moved past it and they are professionals. Uh, but Yarmo Kekalainen has said many times, when this team has the hammer and negotiations are going to use it with the full expectation that the other side will use the hammer when they hold it. And I think we can say with, with certainty here that Josh Anderson and his agent uh, hold that hammer now, and they appear ready to use it. He is one year removed. I'll go through this really quickly. One year removed. Oh, he has one year left in his contract. He has one more year before he's a UFA. So uh, he is an RFA this summer. He can, by letter of the CBA, force his way to UFA either by accepting the Blue Jackets qualifying offer, which they have to extend to him to keep his rights, or by saying, I'm not going to take the qualifying offer. We're going to arbitration. This team's never gone to arbitration with the player. Uh, but it would be a one-year finding an independent arbitrator. And Josh Anderson would still be a UFA after 2021. Uh, of course, this, the Blue Jackets and Anderson could send a long-term deal. Um, not sure if the player is of a mind to want to do that. And the, the fourth season he's having certainly is not helping matters. So, you don't want to go to the negotiating table with one goal in 26 games. He's injured right now. He should be back on the other side of the break. There's, the, of course, the opportunity for a really strong finish, a really strong playoffs should this team make the playoffs. Josh Anderson's got some work to do, but a long-term deal might be difficult for these two sides uh, to, to come to as well. So there's a very real chance. As you speak to people around this league, uh, they all think that Josh Anderson is available for the right trade by the NHL trade deadline. Uh, the sense is that if he's not gone before the end of February, that he will be moved this summer, say, at the draft. Uh, because the Blue Jackets, they, of course, they could let him take his qualifying offer, but he becomes less desirable in trade next summer. Uh, teams certainly would get his services, but they would know that they're acquiring a UFA, thus a rental. So kind of a convoluted situation for the Blue Jackets. But for me, Allison, it's, a, it's amazing how quickly things can change in this league because Josh Anderson is such a identity player for the Blue Jackets. He was, of course, so instrumental in that first-round playoff series against Tampa Bay. Your thoughts on it reaching this point where Josh Anderson may not be long for Columbus or the Blue Jackets? Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I certainly understand the perspective of Yarmo Kekalainen and company, and I understand the perspective of the player. T to me, the issue comes down to does Josh Anderson want to stay with Columbus? Because if he does, you know, I, I think on a bigger scale, a lot of times, and, and every organization falls into this trap, you pay a player based on what they've done, not on their potential. Um, and that's how you end up in bad contract land and, and things like that. And, and to me, Josh Anderson, this year aside, um, because I think it's pretty easy to connect the injury to what's happened on the ice when he's been on the ice. Sure. Uh, to me, this is a player that you do try and retain. Um, you said it. This is He's a big part of how this team has to play. I think he's 
a good player to have in the organization off the ice. Um, there aren't a lot of players like him. We talk about the Tom Wilson comparison. He hates it. I understand why. But look at how important a player like that can be. And again, you know, I've talked about him on special teams. He's a big part of when this penalty kill is really firing and being aggressive offensively, not just being strong defensively. He challenges other teams. He races up that right side. If Josh Anderson wants to stay in Columbus as a Blue Jacket, I think that the club should be willing to bow away from, from this hammer perspective a little bit and say, okay, let, let's, let's see what it takes to, to keep you here. Obviously not just totally bending to the player's wishes, but I think be willing to invest in keeping this guy around versus just saying, yeah, too high and, and moving on from him. Because I think that's a choice that that's going to be a choice that's going to haunt you <laughs> every time he's back on the ice against you on the future. Yeah, and he's the kind of player that's like really, really, really to your point, really hard to replace. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he hates the Tom Wilson comparison because Tom Wilson is such a, a butts and a headhunter and has been suspended and all of this stuff. But he really, there really aren't very many players at their side that can play this game today. Yeah, um, yeah. Very, very rare. Uh, and and that's that's why he's so attractive to NHL GMs. I mean, would you, if you're in the chair of Yarmouk Kekalina, would you give him a mulligan on this season? Would you right now say, uh, we'll pay you exactly what we would have paid you coming off last year, six years, I don't know what it would have been, six years, six right. and a half per, so a six-year, $39 million contract? Are we paying you, would you pay him based on what you think he can be, what he once was, or do you still uh, detract for or subtract for this season. I mean, the key here too is we don't we don't know the extent of the injury or the nature of the injury, right? Correct. And I, you know, you look at look at Zakarensky who had a significant shoulder injury um, and was able to rebound completely and then some on top of it. Um, yeah. Assuming that this is an injury that truly is recoverable from, yeah, I do. I think that this. I mean, I remember covering Josh Anderson when he was in London. And to watch the development of his career and his play, yeah, I think it's safe to bet on him as a as, a, as the player he's been, and not. I, I, there's no way that I think any logical person can look at this season and say, "Oh, this is what Josh Anderson is now." It's just yeah. he told us before the season even started, his shoulder wasn't 100. Um, percent right. And to me, this this season is a mulligan for him. Yeah, interesting. Well, it'll be interesting to see it play out. That's really the first, the big name uh, between now and the trade deadline. Certainly don't suspect that the Blue Jackets are ready to move a goaltender by this trade deadline. They need to take a look at Eunice Corpusalo and his knee on the other side of the of the, uh, of the break here. Maybe Sonny Milano's in action. We'll have a, a, a trade deadline primer less than four weeks to go uh, later this week before the Blue Jackets start playing again. Um, one thing I wanted to get through, Allison, that we can have some fun with this. Hmm. Uh, we can both look like really smart and, and rather uh, wrong in, <laughs> in our uh, predictions. But we sat down, the two of us, and had a conversation and took note of it before the season. Um, just the, some some uh, burning questions and some bold predictions about the Blue Jackets. And these are always funny to look back on. Um, and, you know, you owe it to yourself when you do these things. They're called bold predictions for a reason. In other words, you, you got to put it out there. 
No, right. no, uh, you got to dance like no one's watching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so, and we did that. I think we did a pretty good job of it. Some of these are, are, uh, pretty insightful and some of these are pretty hilarious, um, as we look back at them. Blue Jackets, 51 games in, 31 to go. And these are, this is the conversation we had. I'm not going to play the conversation. We're just going to walk ourselves through it because it was published on the athletic site. Um, this is the conversation we had before the season started looking ahead to the season. Um, how many points for the Blue Jackets and where will they finish in the Metro playoffs or not? Both look pretty good here. Allison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had the Blue Jackets with 99 points, one more than last season. I believe they're on pace for 100. So I'll take that chip shot. Um, I had them third in the Metro and they're sort of close there. Right. Um, I I was I'm bullish on this team, and I, another weird thing I had them better, and this could still be <laughs> this could still be true, but I had them better than all three New York teams. Right now they're nipping on the Islanders' heels. They're ahead of the Rangers and the Devils, um, and I had them better than the Flyers in Carolina. Now, you know, uh, you know how I feel like you know how I feel like Carolina, but it's, so not bad. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed by that. Allison, you had them at 94 points. Again, that's right there in the ballpark. Somewhere from third to fifth in the division. Bang on. They're fourth right now. And, yes, you had them in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and you know how I feel about Carolina. (laughs) Yeah. And that, for me, was the wild card. I think, obviously, the Devils are nowhere near what everyone kind of thought they would be. this isn't how I expected the Blue Jackets to get <laughs> to be on track to our projections. Um, right. But, yeah, I think I think we did pretty well. Um, and that takes us to our second question, which was, who wins the Metro? Who finishes last? And because I am right about Carolina and you are wrong, <laughs> I said um, that I thought, well, I, I'm wrong on this so far. I said, I think Carolina and Washington duke it out for first, so I'm half right. Um, I had Washington taking it with the edge because of their goaltending. Ironically, it's not coming from Brayton Holtby as much this year, but it, it's a little bit better. Um, Carolina dealt with that loss of Justin Williams, eventually bringing him back. Um, but I had Carolina and Washington. You, Aaron Portsline, had Washington. Victory last. And, and you had the Devils last, which Victory is huge. Left. Which Victory is left. huge. And you said, and here, here's another nice little nuanced point you made that we will give you credit for. I think the Metro has the smallest point gap from last place to first place of any division in the NHL. Oh, is that true? I'm looking. I mean, there's certainly a clump. Just in, move on before we get the answer to that. Well, it's closer than the Atlantic. My goodness. Yeah, Boston well, Detroit, has 70. Oh, that's brutal. Uh, right now, the Central is the yeah. closest. Nashville's in last place, Allison Lucan. That That is insane. The West is just a big pile of mess, though. It's insane. Yeah, because LA is only like 19 points behind the Canucks, too. Right. Huh. Um, our next question was, will the, who will lead the Blue Jackets in scoring and with how many goals? Who will lead in points and how many points? Well, I had Kim Atkinson, Allison, with 37 yep. goals. He's going to have to really hurry to get there. Right. Uh, missed some time with an injury. I had to get off to a really rough start. Um, 
I had Atkinson leading them in points too, so I'll take my O for two. Although he could still get there in points. He could. Uh, we've, we've seen it before. Uh, of course, Pierre Luc Dubois is the guy there right now. Gustav Nyquist has been flirting with it for a while. Um, I said I think there will be three guys to 30-plus goals. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Yorkie could maybe still get there. So yeah. He'd have to hurry. Uh, no way Anderson gets there. Unlikely Atkinson gets there. I said they'd have five players with 60 points. Dubois, eh, Anderson, not going to happen. Yorkstrand could happen, unlikely. Nyquist could happen. So they may have two players with 60 points, not the five that I predicted. Um, Allison, you you had had, uh, Atkinson as well. I did. Um, which you know, the, the, this is hardly these are hardly bold predictions here by either of us. Uh, you you wisely had Pierre Luc Dubois right there nipping at at his his heels. Um, so you you had uh, Dubois thirty thirty seven sixty seven uh, numbers. He could could he get there? He could get there. He could get there. Yeah. He could get there. So uh, good on you there. And I think, too, I mean, I'm trying to pull it up here. We're having some – the Internet has trouble getting through the palm trees down here. But uh, it would – <laughs> what, I, what I will be interested to watch, it certainly doesn't make up for the lack of total points, but Atkinson obviously missing games to injury, Bjorkstrand too. When all is said and done, what is their their production rate, right? What was their points per 60 minutes of play? Yeah, it's hard uh, to Right. I'll be interested to see if that rebounds um, as well. But, yeah, we were both a little off on there, and I'm sure most people were, including Cam Atkinson himself. Um, Exactly. This this one is interesting here. Uh, We next asked ourselves, how many starts will goaltender Eunice Corposalo make this season? And I actually thought back to this one when Corposalo was seeing all the ice time. Um, I said 50. I said 50 mainly because Elvis Merzlikens would need an easing in period. Um, and you had 54. Um, but yes. you also, whereas I was talking about Elvis needing to adjust, Aaron Portsline, I think Elvis Merzlikens is going to push for a bigger role, says Aaron Portsline. Uh, one start per week, three to four a month, you said, during your during his rookie season. So, we don't know how close we are in here, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than I thought it was going to be at the end of December. Yeah, Your I thoughts? mean, Corpy's got 32 starts. There's 31 games remaining. Maybe he gets – who had uh, – you had 50. I think you're going to be more right than I am. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't think – there's no, if you um, – we might both be over. <laughs> I think we might. Which may disqualify – but it's only because of the injury. Yes. I mean, again, we get back to the Atkinson curve that we were grading on back there. Um, if he doesn't get hurt, he's easily looking at it. I mean, he was cruising along. He was cruising yeah. along there. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take a, a better Elvis Merzlikens victory lap here later in our conversation. Here we, um, we Yeah, well, we asked, does Don Tortorella survive this season? Which now seems like a what the hell kind of question is that? Um, you wondered how big a step back this team was going to take. Not only does he survive this season, well, let me get to my answer. Um, I said I think he does finish the season as the Blue Jackets coach. 
Um, but I also left open the possibility that this team headed as far south as people thought they were. That the, my God, it happens all the time that coaches get fired fairly or unfairly. Um, and I'm not sure how much longer Torch wants to coach, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so I had him finishing the season. I did not have him getting fired or quitting during the season. So we were, I was right there. You were right as well. Uh, you, I think you, this season overall is going to be a big ask for the coach's patience. He's <laughs> got a young group again, and the chip on his shoulder might be the biggest of any in the room. Very fair. I, it is fascinating. And that's a wonderful prediction on your part because when this season started, he, he wanted to take on the world. Yep. And the players in the room talked about it, but the way that they played the first month and a half of the season was sort of, eh, eh, not really. Like there really wasn't an obvious chip. It wasn't until the team got hurt and guys started to come up from the from Cleveland that that chip, that sort of uh, Columbus against the world mentality seemed to resurface. So good job by you. Hey, I'll take I'll take one. I think you're leading me right now. Are we keeping score? Are you keeping track of this? Uh, no, right? no. We'll go through this at the end of the season and fully mock each other. Oh, here we go. Perfect. Yeah. So the next one we asked was we said, who will be this club's second line center? And both of us said Alexander Wenberg. Now, I mean, it's kind of a hard question to answer right now, right? Yeah. I mean, who's who's really the second line center most nights? I mean, Spoon, isn't it? I mean, minutes-wise, but if you look at who who is lining up with Alexander Wenberg, I think he's getting the talent side of the equation. Boone's getting the labor side of the equation and Wenberg's getting the talent side of the equation, in my estimation. Life just isn't fair, is it? No. 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 But... I mean, that's kind of... Yeah. I feel like Boone is the second-line center, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I think, and I think, too, like, regardless of who is actually the second-line center, the intent of our answer... We were both wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, that Winberg was going to be awesome. Right, right. Yeah. So there we are. I think he's been better. I agree. Agree. Yeah. Uh, all right, here. Remember what a, what a contentious topic this was. Blue Jackets power play. Bottom 10, middle 10, or top 10? I had them middle 10, which is good because that's where they are. Look at the numbers here. Um, that's kind of where they are after a horrific start, after switching coaches on that unit, then seeing a crazy uptick, and now a leveling off again. Um, the Blue Jackets are currently 23rd, so they're bottom Ooh. 10. And it's, no one has talked about how bad the power play has been lately during this great streak that they're on. They are, they are, I had a middle 10. I, I said, this is great. Texier is going to help. So is Emil Bemstrom. Bemstrom's helped a little bit. He's been better as the season's gone along. Um, but, yeah, that, that's a really optimistic. They could still get there, of course. You had the middle 10 as well, um, saying it's got to, like, level off at some point, right? Right. Uh, so we both had the middle 10. Right now they are both bottom 10. Insane. I mean, well, 
we just have to accept it at this point, I think. It just, yeah. But it is funny how, like, the lightning rod is like, no one even talks about it. No yeah. one even talks about it. Yeah, it was, it was sort of the bone that nobody would have put down for a while. But that's when they suck, and now they're, now they're winning, so it's less of an issue. Indeed. So we're, we're continuing into some more sketchy territory in terms of things that we – we started strong, Aaron, but we're falling off here. Um, yeah, we should probably cut these out and see if anybody <laughs> Our next, our next one was, who will be the Blue Jackets breakout forward? I went with Alexander Texier. We thought he was going to be on that top line. We thought that was going to be the force. I thought he was going to get more comfortable uh, based on how he played last season. He's obviously hurt. So, again, that thread running through. But I don't think Texier has had the season that I thought he might have to start off. Now, on the other end of the court, I'm getting mad at you about these. Aaron Portline, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Now, I will say yours was a more bold pick than mine. Okay, so I get your style points. Well, because Bjorkstrand finished last season. is with, He is a breakout, I guess. He, yeah. too, has been injured. But he finished last season so hot, it, it almost felt like he shouldn't even be on the list of candidates, one thing worth noting is he's getting five more minutes of ice wow. time this year. Five minutes and two seconds more of ice time this year. He has wow. become a really, really good player, though. And, yeah. and it started sort of midpoint of last season. I looked it up. I can't remember exactly. I think it was just the calendar year was the was the way we looked at it. He's like 21st in the league in goals, like the entire league in goals yeah. in that span. So he's he has really exploded onto the scene. Um, and and uh, we'll get to this question, too, because it, it, it uh, works in nicely. Which Blue Jackets rookie will get the most points in the end-of-season Calder voting? So, of course, we're still a few months away from this, but when Blue Jackets get rookie points, um, I mean, I had Texier. Yep. You had Texier. The yep. guy who is going to get votes is probably Merzlikens. Obviously. Some votes, yeah. <laughs> Now, I, I don't he, think he's going to get colder votes necessarily, and unless this continues, right. um, he's got some competition in the goalie world. Sometimes it's hard for goalies to get this award. Samsonov and Washington's had a, just a wonderful season, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not sure where where that will play out. But I think we can we can both say that no, Sexier is not going to get many end of season Calder votes. Agree, unfortunately. Um, Continuing on, when we got to some of these player-specific ones, we asked ourselves, who is more like, who is most likely to be traded? And for both of us, and I think this is no surprise, the, the, the Blue Jackets' strength is, of course, their defense. So we both looked at defense. I said Ryan Murray, David Savard, or Marcus Nudavara. You said that it probably would be a defenseman, but you didn't really pick. You didn't pick anyone, and you only no, kind of look, said that. Look, look at the last two words. I kind of did. Oh well, okay. You said so, Murray. Murray. Um, but obviously, we this this one hasn't played out yet, so we don't know if we're right on this. Right, and I still think Ryan Murray. I still think Ryan Murray will at some point be traded. This is. I mean, we were joking about it. it's not a, even funny, but the kid's just been hurt so many times. The back is wonky. The back can't. They're trying to figure out a way to. to to prepare the back for the rigors of the season, to give him a daily regimen he can do 
to keep the bag from giving out, but it's going to be it's so hard. You'd yeah. have to think if they trade him, it, it would be a major conditional trade. Yeah. In other words, you get this if the kid plays so many games. If he doesn't, then you get nothing or whatever. But, I, I mean, I still think, and this is probably a larger issue for us to discuss maybe in a later podcast, but it's we've said so easily they're going to trade from the blue end, from the blue line, the blue line, the blue line. If you really look at it, this it, 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 the, the piece they give up is going to have to hurt. Yeah. Get something in return. And I'm not sure that they've got – They've got depth, but I'm not sure they get the high-end depth to do that. But anyways, yeah. uh, building up the last question, how many games will Murray play? I'm gonna, I guess I'm just I, – you know, I hear that I'm grumpy all the time from you and Tom. I guess I'm optimistic because I had him playing 67. He's not obviously going to get there. Uh, you had him playing 62. So we're both yeah. kind of optimistic. Yeah. Uh, neither, one is, neither one is going to be achieved. Uh, he is at – 24 games. Oof. So most he could play is 55, but I think we can all agree he's not going to get get to that either. Yeah. So moving on to a, maybe the least sexy question we had in the whole group. But perhaps the most intriguing, I would suggest, which was because it's it's changed. So we we asked ourselves who would hold down the fixed defenseman spot. Now, my answer was far more nuanced. I will say because I had a healthy Nudavara in there, which obviously has not been the case. Right. And because Nudavara was in a spot to start the season, I had Dean Kukin as the sixth defenseman. Um, I said Harrington would get a few games, and I said once the organization figures out what Gavrikov is, he could get more ice time. Technically, both Gavrikov and Kukin have made the top six when healthy. Technically. Yes. So I'm going to take at least a half a point on that one. And then you simply said Vladislav Gavrikov. Yeah. Who really is like the fourth defenseman. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So well, it's funny how quickly things change, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, we asked each other for a bold, comma, possibly insane prediction. And I threw it out there. Elvis Merzlikens and the city of Columbus begins to bloom this season. Uh, this is the season in which everybody learns his first name. Allison, I'm, I have people who are like, my kids love the Blue Jackets. All I hear about is Elvis. They don't know anything about hockey. They don't know anything about the Blue Jackets. But they know Elvis already. Yep. It's amazing how this works. Um, I said he's going to be on billboards. That would require marketing. Yeah, which – um, t-shirts. Are there any Elvis t-shirts out there? There are. There are, are some there? t-shirts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then I said he's a rock star. And I, yeah. I still think it's out there. Uh, you had four or more of the following clears 60 points. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. I'll take the mulligan. I mean, injuries again. Yeah. Uh, that's going to kill Atkinson. Um, Texier. But you had Atkinson, Dubois, Nyquist, Anderson, Wenberg, Texier, or Jones. Um, yeah, I think I think we both felt like this, this team was going to be a little bit more offensively inclined than they are. Yes. It's been a struggle, although it's been better of late. No it has. It has, for sure. And there's lots to look forward to the rest of the way. I mean, honestly, the fact that there is a playoff race, there's a reason to look at the standings in Columbus, I think it's a surprise to many people this season. So the, the final stretch of games should be a hoot. 
Um, Blue Jackets back at it Saturday in Boston. Buffalo. I'm oh, sorry, in Buffalo. Getting my six-letter B cities confused. Uh, although Buffalo has seven. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Blue Jackets at Buffalo. And then another back-to-back, they go back-to-back day games here out of the break. <laughs> I wonder what that first game is going to be like, a day game after an eight-day layoff. Woo! I know. Can On the road, imagine? too. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So, but it'll be fun. It's always interesting. Uh, Allison, anything to add? I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for being with us through the break. Uh, we'll continue to have stories posted on theathletic.com, and we will talk to you again on Friday. 